Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City jazz composer and vibraphonist Isaiah Petrie. Originally from Arizona, he found his way through the Midwest to Kansas City. He started his jazz journey late in life, in high school, but he is well on his way in a scene full of great, talented cats here in Kansas City. He's got a great story that is just beginning and destined for greatness. Dig his story. So, hey, first of all, thank you for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to kind of peeling back the layers of your life and, and your, your role in the Kansas City jazz community. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Let's start with, you know, what what's going on with you these days? What kind of activity? You know, I know with COVID and, and everything that happened for the last couple of years, you know, how did you survive that COVID period? And how have things opened up now that we're heading into a new year and things are opening up? Interesting. Uh, so for me, COVID was actually a very, like, creative period. So right now I'm still uh, in school. And uh, at that point, I was actually not in Kansas City. I was uh, in Manhattan and in Kansas. And uh, I was just spending all that time uh, practicing, you know, just trying to get uh, better at my craft and, you know, just uh, creating new thoughts and ideas. Yeah, no, that time was very resourceful for me, just for me to, like, really learn about, like, just get, get deeper into music, you know, just, like, be able to really dig in and not worry about having to <laughs> get ready for whatever else, you know. It was just, a lot, like, a lot of time for me just to really think but uh, other than that, uh, getting out of COVID now that things are starting to open up, I'm seeing uh, that. I mean, honestly, I've seen the scene uh, just like it's just more uh, it's more charitable. I think in the scene, like people are more open to uh, newer ideas, especially with like uh, you know cats like uh, I'm thinking about like Eddie Moore and uh, Ryan Lee, you know Matt Billinger, Peter Slam, like those cats. Uh, just things are starting to at least musically expand in a new way that at least I haven't like really seen uh, from the scene, you know, especially like in like those, uh, the midst of like uh, the middle of COVID, like the scene was very like scared to, <laughs> to play music that people wouldn't, uh, would be like not liked just because, you know, there was so few opportunities to play and stuff. I don't know. It's just great to like see like this new stuff like happen and like come up and, you know, start to be a part of it. So, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings. Talk to me about where you were born and raised and how, you know, you got involved with music. What was the first instrument and how did it all take off? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, so I was born in uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, in this county called Glensdale, I believe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, don't talk about it too much. but. Um, yeah, no, honestly, music was, it's interesting because I was not necessarily uh, musically trained when I was young. Like, uh, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, being a kid, but also uh, I think my main musical influence was just like my, uh, my uh, mostly my family. Like, my uh, family had owned a church for, I think, around uh, 20 or 30 years, and uh, every Sunday would be my mother and my, my uncle's just like playing in the church in the band and i think most of my like musical upbringing was underneath that just like absorbing that like that sound and that feeling 
and that like sort of inspiration. I don't know how best to explain it. Just like the feeling of just like bigness, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, but I think my first musical um, endeavor was actually just like this small little drumline high stepper group. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. I, I played it when I was 11. Uh, that really just, it was more of just like a, a casual thing. It was just like a thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to. Like my uh, cousin, my big cousin at the time, he used to live with us and he played drums all the time. So it's like, oh, shoot, I should, maybe if I could, uh, I want to kind of like start doing that and understanding that. So that was kind of my first like start at like understanding how to play music. And it was like, not necessarily like, I don't think I actually got into anything like concert band or, you know, like classical music until like I was, what, about 13 or 14, so not too much longer, but it it wasn't really anything that, like, I was meant to get into. Like, I didn't even start reading music until I was in uh, seventh grade. And, you know, that was just like, for me, like, that that start, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I mean, not the luckiest. I know some cats who have been playing for, like, since they were, like, two years old, but, like, I, I feel lucky that I was able to start without, like, having that a sort of classical understanding first, not because like, is there something wrong with it? It's like bad music, but I just believe that there's something so much more like deep and like, like uh, driven about like learning music by ear and like feeling it and like having the uh, emotion guide where you're going to take the music uh, next rather than trying to like fit a certain form, I guess is what I'm getting at. So that was very integral to me. But yeah, I didn't really get into music until really about like high school. And it was just like a thing I did. It wasn't really anything that I kind of wanted to aspire to until like my junior year was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of good at this. So I, I guess I'll just, <laughs> I'll go with this now. I guess that kind of drive, like I'm, I'm the type of person where I will always, like if I want to do something, I'm like going to do it <laughs> at the uh, like highest uh, level that I could possibly like imagine or achieve. So it's like always trying to expand like how high I can I see, I guess. Well, the vibes is kind of a niche kind of a thing. Why the vibes and who have been some influences on the instrument that have kind of inspired you? I guess I didn't talk about like how I got into vibes. So back in high school, uh, I was, that was when I got really uh, deep into classical music. Uh, just, playing a lot of like marimba solos and trying to compose for the first time for one reason or the other. I wanted to start like composing rather than like, cause I compose a lot of like uh, solo marimba pieces. Then I wanted to compose like percussion ensemble. So I took the, upon, uh, sorry, I took it upon myself to like start learning each different instrument, how each like instrument can sound to its fullest. So since I uh, had such a, for a deep understanding of the marimba, which was like my main instrument, like classically. I wanted to look at the vibraphone nest because I thought it was just like kind of like a natural progression from that, from that instrument. Part of me like didn't like hate it actually at first. Like I just did not like the tambourine instrument. I thought it was too bright. I thought it was too uh, pingy and it didn't have much like melody to me, but uh, I still like wanted to pursue it just because like I, knew that if I wanted to 
like I said, if I wanted to like learn how to write percussion ensembles to the best of my ability, I would need to understand all the instruments that I would put into it so that I can like effectively create something. I think part of it was just like getting a lot of experience with the vibraphone. So since I was practicing so much marimba, I needed a reason to practice vibraphone. So I decided to uh, join the school jazz band. And that's when I first had my uh, first kind of like interaction with jazz actually was just like, I think that was actually the second semester of my junior year. So I was, yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, I was, it's been not too much time since I, I started, but you know, uh, it is what it is. But that was the first experience I had with uh, the instrument really trying to um, make it into something that I could really express myself with because I believe that, you know, in order to really understand instruments, I have to be able to express myself to the best of my ability. Yeah, that's just, that's basically just where it started. And then after a while, I, I kept just like, uh, playing the instrument, playing the instrument. And it kind of took a, uh, turn during my like first semester of college, uh, or second semester, first year of college, I should say. Uh, I was really starting to fall out of like love with the marimba and I started really digging into like the vibraphone because I really started to appreciate, understand what jazz music was. So that's kind of just how I started. Honestly, a lot of the, and kind of segue into the next point, uh, a lot of the uh, people I was listening on the vibraphone then was like uh, Milt Jackson, you know, uh, like Bobby Hutcherson, like the, the two main uh, jazz vibers from like the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and, and 80s. Like those were like very much like the cast that I try to like hear my sound around and make my, my voice like sort of attuned with like how that interacted because I like, I, I, when I was learning uh, this music, I kind of took it from a very like analytical approach. So I would like very uh, take a lot of time just to like analyze like everything that they were doing and like how they were phrasing and like, why did they play, you know, this, blues like here but like this all altered dominant then even though i didn't understand what that meant but like these different sounds like uh and why did they do these at these certain times you know why would they do it play like this solo you know on you know what like all the things you are rather than uh playing uh this type of um solo slash sound on like you know moments notice it's just like a thing of like understanding like what they were coming from and what story they were really trying to tell even though you know i didn't understand all this at that point but it was just something i now i really understand i was just trying to understand what this music actually meant and how could i uh you know first get myself into it but like then start uh creating my voice to it <laughs> no i was just trying to find a lineage of like from arizona you mentioned Manhattan. You're in Kansas City now. How did that timeline happen? Oh, uh, honestly, my family just moved around a lot. So uh, we lived in Arizona for about, I was only like two years old when I moved from there. From there, I uh, moved to like Columbia, Missouri, Jefferson City. And we only stayed there for about like, uh, uh, what, like eight, ten years, like not 
uh, like a whole lot of time, and we did move around a lot in that in that area. So uh, it was really, I think I was about like twelve, so like in two thousand and thirteen, I believe that's when we decided to move to Overland Park, and I just kind of been here ever since. Uh, honestly, I haven't really been in this scene for. Uh, much too long. Like, I think my first encounter with like the music in the scene was about like, I, I think about three, four years ago. So, you know, not a whole lot of time, but I have been like, trying to like learn from everybody in the scene as much as possible. So. What do you like the best about the Kansas City jazz thing? My favorite part about Kansas City jazz is just like the diversity of musicians and like sort of ideas of what good music is. So uh, I could go into like, say the ship uh, foundation or the blue room one day and be, you know, listening to like some really great, like R and B. And then the next week is, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of cats like swinging with uh, some like, you know, great standards or, even like people making their own original music and then, you know, like even with uh, Marcus Lewis's uh, big band, like that whole concept of that big band, it's like hip hop and um, oh, brass and bougie, I should uh, preface. Um, that whole, the whole concept of that band, it's like hip hop and like jazz fusion. So it's like this new, it's really this uh, sound that I haven't really heard, like explored by really anyone else particularly in this scene, but like anywhere else, like in the world, like it was the first experience for me. So it's just the diversity of just like, like kinds of good music. So talk to me a little bit about gigs that are happening now, what you see your future in Kansas city being as we move forward. Uh, right now, uh, most of my gigs are just like, I get, I'm, I think I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to be where I am. I've been, just a few weeks ago, I got to play with um, Eddie Moore, Ryan Lee, and uh, Seth Lee uh, with my own quartet at the Westport Coffee House. And uh, that was, <laughs> I don't want to sound <laughs> full of myself, but I, I think it was, it was a, a great time and a great show. So, uh, And a lot of my gigs actually kind of, well, not all of them, but some of them turn out to be that way. Like uh, recently, I've been playing a lot in uh, Westport Coffee House. Uh, got a few dates for that for that that place in the next coming weeks and uh got a, a few dates for the blue room like this this uh monday there's a the jam session and one of the bands i'm playing with dj quartet uh having a jam uh hosting the jam session and i feel really fortunate to get to you know play there and also just like you know be a part of that the lineage of that that um that space but yeah most most of my gigs are just like you know that kind of that kind of thing, and you know, regular like restaurant gigs and corporate events and whatever. But uh, my future, sort of like concerning my future in uh, KC, uh, I'm thinking that I'm really wanting to like start expanding on my sort of musical vision. So, uh, you know, I am a composer. I like to write. I've been wanting to like really, you know, display my music just for different people and uh, different uh, different venues and different places. And uh, my main thing that I really want to get at my music is just to be able to like make people like feel good 
but show them like something like big, like give them whatever feeling that either my composition or like the people up there can feel like really get deep into like the essence of like uh, what the emotion I want to convey is of, of my music. And that's been like really the main focus of what I want to achieve is like really achieve like an emotional connection uh, between uh, what I'm playing and, you know, the audience, like, are they feeling the feeling that I am conveying? No. Well, okay. Well, let me step back and see why that's not happening or why, why I can do better to really make that feeling like more concentrated and more uh, palpable for the audience. So that's just like been kind of my vision of what I want to do doing KC. You know, everyone out there has this perception of you, you know, your family, your friends, those that see you play, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I just think I'm a musician, just trying to get better every day, trying to, both in my music and both in my, uh, you know, personal life. It's one of the things I have, I like to um, think about is just like trying to be better each day. Like what's like one thing that I can do today to, you know, either what whatever it is, like play the standard better or what can I do to make this uh, situation better or what can I do to make uh, my relationships better, you know. It's just trying to take uh, each day, like one at a time, really make the best of it. So, yeah, my, my perception is just like I'm a musician, but also I'm just a person just trying to make people, you know, happy. That's just like my main goal in life is just be able to spread joy and spread spread love and, and kindness in any way I can and my be my own self. Well, Isaiah, if anybody wants to know more about you, any gigs, anything, you know, that might be on the horizon, whether it's music or anything else, where's the best place for them to go? And I guess that's what I should ask before this. Any plans on having any recorded music or collaborating with anybody here this year? No recorded music for me personally. Uh, I well, one of the bands I'm in, the same band that I I mentioned before, DJ Quartet, has just released their our first record on um, the 27th. It's called Visions External. I mean, and uh, yeah, should be it's on Spotify. Uh, and you know, if you if people want to check that out, you know, that'd be great. But that's what it is. But other than that, uh, most I mostly post what's happening with me on uh you know instagram at uh isaiah mp3 and uh my facebook for the most part yeah so cool no not anything really happening just taking each day getting what i can getting gigs where i can playing where i can trying to be better that's all i can say cool man isaiah hey thank you for taking time out welcome to the kansas city scene and hopefully i'll see you out there we we have a real bias towards the vibe at Neon Jazz. We love them, so I'm looking forward to seeing you playing live. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the bright, fine, young minds in Kansas City and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Isaiah for his time and story. If you want to hear more interviews, visit Neon Jazz Interviews at Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. And you can find everything about Neon Jazz at the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
Leon Jez.